When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a very good morning to you, SEN Summer Brecky Wednesday, the 24th of January. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis in the chair for Vossi and Brandy this morning. Good morning. Good morning to those of you listening on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney. So we're in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the first hour, those of you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brizzy, Patton Hills will be along from 6 AM Queensland time and if you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network good morning to you plenty of sport to discuss this morning MC but firstly how are you well, good morning copes on well yeah there's plenty going on and it's good to see the NRL and you starting to fire up a little bit well thankfully we've got an expert not just a hack like me that sits on the couch <laughs> plenty of people call me a hack don't worry <laughs> that's true and you probably sit on the couch as well <laughs> while you're watching the footy uh when you're not at the ground yes, doing yes. doing all your hard work. Uh, we have lots to talk about today. So we have Pat Cummins weighing into the Australia Day debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. David Nofaluma parting ways with the West Tigers. That's interesting. And you'll have the, the lowdown on that. The bromance between Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic continues to blossom. And today's guest, we're going to have Sydney Sixers coach Greg Shippard on the show just out of 7 o'clock ahead of the Big Bash final tonight against yeah. the Brisbane Heat at the SCG. Looking forward to that. And BP, as always, Brett Phillips chatting the Australian Open. Uh, let's start with Pat Cummins. Now, the question that I want to raise, and this is for those of you listening, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. Now, I'll phrase it. We've got a bit of audio here. Uh, I'll phrase it like this. Are you happy to see the Australian captain taking principal positions on an issue such as this, or are you on the side of keep politics out of sport? Let's take a listen. My personal opinions is, uh, you know, I absolutely love Australia. I think it's the best country in the world by a mile, and I think we should have an Australia Day, but um, I think we can probably find a, a more appropriate day to, to celebrate. In particular, a sport like cricket, which has such diversity, and you get a good spectrum of um, just the community, I think, and, and a good... Um, good feel for what the community um, kind of expects. So, yeah, knowing a couple of those, you know, players that you mentioned, you, you hear the stories and their feelings. Um, so I think it does, yeah, gather extra importance. Something like Jan 26, it does mean some, something different to different people. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a tough day for some. Australia is meant to be a celebration of, of everything Australia and our history. I, I think we could choose a better date. So tell us what you think, 0457 736 736. MC, I mean, I have a pretty strong view mm-hmm. on this, but I, I'm interested in your thoughts. Well, in Pat Cummins' defense, he's obviously been asked that by journalists, first of all. Of course. He hasn't just volunteered his opinion. So he's at a, a pre-game press conference, um, and he's been asked, I think there was 15 or so journalists there. I saw some images last night. So there's a lot of journalists there, and yep. he was asked his opinion, right? He hasn't just volunteered it out of nowhere. Stood up and said, everyone listen. Listen, that's right. <laughs> so that's that's the first point. So he's been asked it, and he's given a a considerate, um, understated reply. There was nothing outlandish by what Pat said. 
Um, and he said, this is my belief. So he wasn't talking on behalf of the team. He wasn't talking on behalf of a nation. He was talking as Pat Cummins, not even the Australian captain, really. He was talking about himself. Uh, you know, So I've got no issue with that because he's not forcing his views upon anyone. They were understated, and he was simply asked a question, which he's given an answer to. And it's no different to um, me or you or listeners or the person walking down the street who gets you know, vox popped or, or put in front of a camera and randomly asked, oh, what are your thoughts on Australia Day? Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and he's just delivered his. Yeah, look, I'm going to somewhat echo those thoughts and maybe extend it by saying I'm not sure there is a leader in this country that is more authentic, more willing to stand on his opinion and be considerate of all people mm. than Pat Cummins right now. I'm including senior figures in parliament. I'm including other leaders in other sports. I'm including leading administrators in this country. Pat Cummins divides opinion by doing so, and naturally he's going to cop some flack. But this is a man who is in the heat of battle in Ashes series, away from home with Piers Morgan coming for his head, able to sit, have a laugh, and be authentic. He is purely himself at all times, and yesterday we got another example of that. And really, if you strip it back like you were just saying, he is just trying to be considerate of the people who in this moment are feeling like they've been wronged or something needs to change. He's very outwardly spoken about numerous other things, but in this instance, he was just happy to speak the authentic truth. Yeah, It should be championed. Whether you believe it's the right opinion or not, the fact that he has said this in an authentic way, sat in that opinion and just been himself, is just heavenly for Australian sport, but even just our society. And, and it comes down to, to that point, I think, Copes. You, people will either agree with him, and if they agree with him, they'll say, yes, he should have an opinion. Or if they disagree disagree with him, they'll say, no, no, this is not a place for an Australian captain to, to walk down. So I think that's probably dependent on on where you sit on the argument. But you know, if he came out and said, "Look, I'm not going to play, or I'm going to try and I'm going to do something outlandish," then I'd be critical of it, right? But he's come out and just softly, softly approached and said, "Look, maybe this is time to to have a conversation." And that that is, that is his beliefs, and I can't knock him for that. Yeah, it's often spoken that it's the second most significant role in Australia outside of the prime minister. So it's... he's become a statesman. Yeah, you can see the way he's conducting himself, how he's not afraid to have an opinion on, on, on lots of matters, yeah. not just resigned to, to, to cricket. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that further develops as he grows into his role as, a, as one of the best leaders in the country. Yeah, no doubt. And you're naive to think that these discussions aren't including the Australian captains of both the women's team and the men's team behind closed doors anyway, to mm. get Nick Hockley's perspective so that then he can move forward with decisions. So anyway, tell us what you think. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line and 0457-736-736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. We've had one come in already, Don in Melbs. Great call. Just asked his opinion and didn't throw it down our throats. Like, that's as simple as it gets yep. uh, in alignment with your thoughts. Uh, so are you happy to see the Australian captain taking principal positions on an in issue like this? Or are you on the side of keep politics out of sport? Now time for a bit of a lighter topic. 
You've come in with some, as you always do, you've come in with some research today, uh, the big stories around the world. Global (laughs) belly laugh day. Yeah. Tell us, tell us how, where did you find this? Oh, I just. And what are we talking about? In my uh, travels in this morning, I I heard that it it was mentioned that it was global belly laugh day. I'd never heard of it, really. I didn't know it was a thing, but, you know, for all the boring and strange things and strange (laughs) days and the things that. Um, people talk about, I thought this would be a fun one and relating to sport. And so driving in, I was thinking of what are some of the funniest things that I've seen on the sporting field in rugby league, naturally for mine. And there's a couple that, that sprang to mind. One was Mark Riddell. This is the iconic moment where he scores the runaway try against North Queensland at Wynn Stadium (laughs) uh, jumps the fence and applauds himself when the post try celebration was in vogue. And that will be the greatest one ever. We could be covering the game for the next hundred years. It's going to be tough It'll to beat still that be one. Mentioned, yeah. It's iconic, right? <laughs> so that was funny. That was amusing. And then on the flip side, that little sick laughter, the, 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 the human element where you have a little bit of a laugh at other people's expense, I guess. Mm. Greg Inglis, champion of the game, one of the all-time legends, premiership winner, Queenslander, Australian player. <laughs> um, 2016. Yeah. South Sydney. Behind by two. I can tell where you're going with this. The great Greg Inglis. <laughs> attempts to, and back then there was only one point field goals. Let's clear that up. Attempts a field goal. Yeah. With his side trailing by two. Yeah. And it, a few years ago, Terry Lamb did it before my time as well when the Bulldogs were trailing. I don't remember that game, but I've heard stories about it. But yeah, for Greg Inglis to attempt a field goal when his side were trailing by two. Uh, it brings to mind a couple, uh, J.R. Smith in the NBA finals and LeBron looks at him, he goes for a two-pointer when they're down three. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I'm I'm just vividly remembering the, the shot clearly wasn't going to make up the difference that they needed and LeBron just looking at him, smacking his face like, oh my God, man, did you think about the score? <laughs> <laughs> Before not, you did that. It's not suburban sport where like yeah. y- you could lose track of the score, I guess. The scoreboards. Yeah, it's right there in your face. It is there. Um, my, my first one that came to mind this morning when we talked about this topic was Doug Bollinger. Yep. Uh, and when he takes a wicket, he goes to then lift up his badge on his shirt to kiss the coat of arms. He lifts up the wrong side and kisses the BB badge. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Play, test match cricket oh, for Australia. That's outstanding. Was that a wrong one? Yeah. Do you know Dougie well? Yeah. He, uh, maybe that was real. <laughs> mate, I mean, that's right up there in terms of things that Doug loves. Uh, no, that's outstanding. Yeah. So tell us what you think. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's Global Belly Laugh Day. So tell us what the funniest thing is that you've seen in sport. We've got some great topics this morning. Mm. Uh, get those texts flying in and tell us on the open line. Now, David Nofaluma. And this exit from the Tigers, you, I'm not even going to bring up anything here because you you inevitably know everything there is to know. Well, it's been an ongoing saga between David Northaluma and the Tigers going back years. I'm not exaggerating, years, right? right? In terms of him falling out of favour, he's on a, a deal between, you know, around about $525,000, which makes him one of the highest paid wingers in the game. He signed that long-term deal when he was probably on the cusp of origin, um, but hasn't lived up to that price tag. And, and, and when you are signed at that level, at that price tag, and you're not living up to the hype, well, obviously the club is going to look at ways to try and potentially move you on. He had that loan deal with Melbourne, 
and looked really good at the Storm. Yeah, he did. He, he looked really good. Play, play, finally played finals footy uh, and looked at home. And Melbourne wanted to keep him. But for some reason, West Tigers decided to bring him back. All right. Melbourne would have kept him, paid a, a, a decent amount of the salary, but the Tigers weren't happy with how much they're going to chip in. Thought they could get more out of him, brought him back. And since then, it just hasn't worked. Mm. So he, he's been reprimanded multiple times for um, infringements in terms of failing to turn up the training. Um, his training standards are, have been lacking. And Benji Marshall has drawn a line in the sand. A former teammate of David Norfolk's drew yeah. a line in the sand and said, Matt, you will not play first grade under my watch. Get out of here. Right? And all summer, over the last couple of months, the Tigers have been trying to move him on to another club. No takers. Mm. So um, in the new year, push has come, like it, it's come to a head again and um, essentially he's been breached again. And the two parties have now agreed to a payout worth around $300,000. Um, and I think for the Tigers, you know, it's probably a win for them. And potentially for, for David North Lumo, if he can get out of his comfort zone at the West Tigers, go to a strong club. I think he needs to go to a strong club with strong leadership because the guy can play yeah. at his best. We, we, we know he's a good finisher. He's a damaging ball runner. He, he's got an offload in him, right? But it just hasn't worked over the last three, probably two or three years at the West Tigers. He needs to move on. The Tigers clear up some salary cap space still, despite having to fork out significant money to, to move him on. And this was the thing that they would have been prepared to pay him that much money for another club to pick up the rest of the tab. They yeah. couldn't find any takers. Yeah. Okay. So, and for salary cap ramifications, just for clarity, around a $300,000 payout. So what is the salary cap hit? That, that all goes in the cap. Okay. That goes in the, in the West Tigers cap. Um, and he's agreed to to that money, David North Luma. So they save, you know, about $150,000 roughly um, in, in their salary cap. Um, to, um, which, you know, it's not a huge amount of money, but firstly, Benji Marshall just wanted him out of the club because he didn't think that he was a positive influence on the rest of the playing group. And this is a senior player that's been there for a long time now. The West Tigers haven't had any success during David North Luma's time in the club. He's a winger. I'm not going to blame him solely for that. But when you're looking at, you know, factors of of why this club has been inherently poor, Mm. you know, I think you'll find that there's a there's been a stigma attached to to David for the last couple of seasons, and you know as I said, he can play. Yeah, it, it's struck me as both he and Josh Mansour, from the the peak of their powers to where they are now, mm. is is actually quite remarkable. Yeah. Um, but the teams that have forked out huge cash for wingers, generally, just you know, and I'm taking the player out of it, just generally doesn't work out all that well. It's you know, big name wingers or high price wingers at struggling clubs, they don't fix your problems. Yeah. You you gotta prioritize other positions yeah. and other you know, spend your money wisely before you look at at wingers because they just don't go they're not gonna they're not gonna be game changers. We've seen it with Josh Odokar at the Bulldogs. Outstanding player. But does he been change the needle a lot a lot for the Bulldogs? I don't think so at the moment. Just while we're on NRL, before we hit the break, and we've got lots of text, so we will get to those straight out of the break, but we have to talk about this. So I'm not sure if you're privy to Kyrie Irving's worldviews. And, you know, when I say that, there's a big spectrum there, so I'll I'll narrow it down. Uh, Matt Burton, when we're (laughs) talking NRL, and your laugh gives away where we're going with this, uh, 
he was asked during some interviews, player-to-player interviews, whether the earth is flat. Listen. Do you believe in that the world is flat? If no, some people do. What would you say to them? That is a good question, but it's most rant. I was not expecting that at all. That's a tough one, eh? Do you believe the world is flat? I don't. I don't know, eh? Yeah, I believe it is. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You believe the world's flat? Yeah. You're such well, a like it's round. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's obviously flat because if it was, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. So, uh, look, I just mentioned uh, we've had a text there from Dunny. He can't paint the source with the same brush as David. Jeez. Uh, Dunny, I don't disagree. It's more from the peak of powers to where they are now. Finished, yeah. yeah it, it, and uh, I was one of the biggest Mansour fans in the world. Now, Josh Mansour was the one asking the questions there. Mm, Mansour has uh, a, a podcast. So I want your take on that. That was wild My listening take. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your opinion on if the earth is flat because <laughs> okay, I think I, was... I know where you stand on that. Well, sometimes <laughs> footballers and people, not footballers, people, when given a platform like us right now, need to tread carefully when we're, <laughs> when we're not an expert in said opinion. But I don't know. It's pretty clear cut. The earth's not flat. That was one of those right? ones where the questions might need to have been laid out beforehand. Well, probably, to be fair, <laughs> the producer ever didn't think that he'd go, oh, yeah, the earth's flat. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? That would be like, um, yeah, random question next. You know uh, what I mean? Like, yes, so, I do. Uh, I know, I'm sure next time Matt Burden gets asked. Mm. Big <laughs> issues, big issues. Is the earth flat? We will discuss it all here on SEN Summer Brecky. We're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's lawyers. It's a penalty. So Martin Boyle with the chance to put Australia in front. On the cusp of the break. But Kira Yusupov told to stay on his light. And after that lengthy delay for the VAR check, we're finally ready for the penalty. And Martin Boyle sends the keeper the wrong way. He was the vibe manager at the World Cup here in 2022. He's just created the vibe for the Socceroos at the Asian Cup. Now Masharapov. Capable of making something happen. And it's not a bad delivery, and it's headed in for the equaliser by Turgut Boyev. Off the bench, onto the score sheet. Australia's long, long run of clean sheets is over. So the clean sheets run is over, but that was the Socceroos sealing top spot in their Asian Cup group last night with a one-all draw against Uzbekistan. Australia were already guaranteed to reach the round of 16 but a win or a draw meant that they topped their group. So good news for the Socceroos there. It is summer brekkie here, powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. MC, lots of text flying in, which is great. Yeah, and there's no doubt, as we thought, that Pat Cummins's um, press conference would cause um, some, some feedback and this is what it here's some here. Morning. Since Cummins has been Australian captain, the team has become a woke joke. That's Andrew <laughs> for Mortlake. I mean, they've won everything. They've won. Literally every trophy that there is to win, they've won. They oh, have. They have. They do have. Um, and one here around <laughs> Matt Burden. That was enough for me not to pick Matt Burden for super coach ever. Andy. 
<laughs> regarding Matt Burton's confusion around um, the shape of Earth. Supercoach Open yesterday, I saw. Have you had a double yet? I know about five or six players that I'll pick. I haven't gone in and picked a full team yet. Okay. You? No, not yet. No, no, I'll build my way into it. You're the expert. You're the other one that gets paid for your super coach opinions. Yeah. That maybe uh, News Limited need to re- review that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Um, I do, uh, when I make my rounds around the clubs, four of my little uh, own super coach teams. Uh, okay. I do ask them for smokies and anyone looking for. Wow, that's inside a trading. Round right? one. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. And it stands to reason uh, that you should be much better at it than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Another text here from Trevor. Pat Cummins needs to pull his head in. More virtue signaling and he has lost support of Australian cricket uh, cricketer supporters. Uh, Neil goes, have you ever driven to Broken Hill? And then he's got a flat line. Mm, the earth is flat, Neil thinks. I guess so. Uh, look, the the Earth is flat stuff. It just when Kyrie Irving first said it, yeah, and then numerous others in the states that are of that significance in the in the world start talking about it. It got legs as you know that question that comes out, and I've got no doubt that's where Josh Mansell was going with it, and yeah. he got it. He got the answer that he wanted. I think he was blown away. I'll, I'll text Mansell <laughs> at a at a normal hour just to see what was going on. Um, we've got a few texts here around it's. International Belly Laugh Day. Yes. Um, and, and we've shared a couple. Yours is Doug Bollinger kissing the VB, was it a VB, VB emblem badge. instead yep. of uh, the Australian coat of arms after taking a wicket. Mine was uh, Greg Inglis going for a field goal with <laughs> when the Rabbitohs were trailing by two points. We've got a, a nomination here from the Port Macquarie Pearl. I still love Aaron Woods jumping to pile on a try celebration in Origin, only for the pile to move and Woodsy to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I may have just screenshot that and sent that to Woodsy. Yeah, that is good. There's another one here from Russell from Rosebury. Hey, lads, loving your work, especially you, MC. Yeah, well done, MC. You are the people's champ. <laughs> Belly laugh moment has to be the Bearstow stumping <laughs> and the fallout from the sore losers in England. That is good. Oh, good text. Good <laughs> that text. is good. Uh, text us on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund up to $1,500 a month. Off your home loan, T's and C's apply. That text number 0457 736 736. Time for the news. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis in the chairs this morning, and we are powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news this morning. Pat Cummins has made headlines after sharing his view that the date of Australia Day should be moved. We've been asking you this morning, are you happy to see the Aussie captain taking principled positions on issues like this, or do you think... Keep politics out of sport. Uh, there's been some interesting opinion on that this morning, no less from the two of us. Uh, David Nofaluma has been released from the final two years of his contract after accepting a $300,000 payout. Michael, uh, you had your say at the start of the show. If you missed that, check the podcast on the SEN app or on Spotify or wherever you get your, you get your podcast. Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. MC, it's a, it's an issue at the moment in in sport, I guess, when coaches are sacked or payouts happen, and um, you know people getting paid to leave clubs mm. uh, as opposed to fulfilling their contracts and things like that. But this one seemed like it was the right decision for all parties. Uh, Nick Kyrgios has made an appearance appearance on Rod Laver Arena. He interviewed Novak Djokovic 
following his win over Taylor Fritz last night on Rod Laver Arena. Let's take a listen. So I know there's a tree in the Royal Botanical Gardens that you go to and you hug and I don't know what you do. But can you just show me which tree that is? Because I need to get healthy because I'm sick of you winning on this court. And I just want to come back maybe once and beat you one time. Show me the tree. Where's the tree? Okay, I'll show you the tree. But you can't tell anyone. It's a big secret. So what you got to do is take off your shoes, climb the, the tree, the highest point, and hang upside down on one of the highest branches for 33 minutes and, and three seconds. And you're going to win a slam. <laughs> There's going to be people who were going to run the tan this morning in Melbourne, hanging upside down out of trees everywhere. But yes. that was quite funny. It was funny. It's interesting to see um, those two communicate the way they, they do now because, you know, they polarise people. They polarise the Australian public, both yep. of them massively. And then um, they're all smiles and talking about hanging off trees on, on the court. Yeah, and even in the lead-up when Novak had that sort of exhibition night, uh, they were there on the couch as part of that, mm. talking to each other. And Novak speaking of his respect for... Kyrgios for when he was detained and uh, going to be deported. Yeah. But Kyrgios was one of the only ones that stood up for him. So, yeah, pretty wild. And we'll talk about um, Kyrgios in a little while, about his views on his own playing career. Uh, there's some interesting yeah. comments that he made yesterday. He's obviously here uh, commentating, not playing this year. He's on ESPN um, this time around. But, yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, just to wrap up the headlines, uh, Another example of players should maybe think twice before appearing on podcasts, or at least their answers. Matt Burton, uh, he was talking about whether the earth is flat or not in a podcast interview with Josh Mansour. A very interesting answer. Make sure you check out the podcast for that one. Uh, the lines are open. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Give us a call on our open line, one three hundred o one eleven seventy. And there's plenty of you wanting to have your say We'll get to all of you in just a moment. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie here on SEN. We're heading for a mostly sunny day in Sydney today. Top of 31 degrees in the city and 36 in the west. If you're listening in Brizzy, you're with us for another 20 minutes before Patton Heels take over. Brizzy heading for a partly cloudy day and a top of 30 degrees in the lead up to the test match at the Gabba. And, of course, Sydney and Brisbane go head-to-head tonight at the SCG in the Big Bash final. We're looking forward to that one. We've got your text flying in. We've had plenty of talkback topics this morning. one three hundred o one eleven seventy is the open line. And o four five seven seven three six seven three six is the Edgewater Homes text line. I'll start with this one. In reference to Pat Cummins and whether the Australian cricket captain should have opinions or leave politics out of sport, blokes are well-off sports person. Whatever his opinion is, is irrelevant. You don't see political people telling the Australian captain how to bowl. This is, so uh, from memory, Jordan Thompson during the Australian Open with the, the tournament generally letting people walk into the venue and take their seats after every game, not just at the change of ends, calling the tournament a woke tournament. And, you know, we don't, you don't see tennis players walking into an office and yeah, like, both sides of the spectrum here, and I think both are ludicrous yeah. in terms of the viewpoint. Pat just made a comment and gave his opinion after answering a question. Is have, saying his opinion is irrelevant, or political people coming in and tell Pat how to bowl? Well, Pat isn't doing anything other than having 
an opinion. He's not telling politicians how to run the country. No. He's he's having an opinion. When asked. When asked. And I think this next tech, text from Michael um, sums it up a bit better. I don't agree with Pat Cummins, but I was okay with him giving his opinion. It didn't feel like he was pushing it. Democratic principles of freedom of speech. Yep. Fair fair text. Where, yep. where, wherever you sit, you know. So um, and a bit more fun. Let's light it up a bit, Copes. Yeah. We're talking um, about it's Belly Laugh Day, International Belly yes. Laugh Day, and some funny moments on the field. There's a few... For Matt Dunning, the the former oh, yeah. Wallabies prop, yeah, as a prop, right? Yeah, um, slotted a field goal for the Waratahs. Um, they needed tries to get a bonus point as opposed to kicking field goals. <laughs> so there's a text from Craig and Tim there, which mentioned Matt Dunning. Another one from Mark on the theme of field goals is Mark uh, is Terry Lamb went for a field goal when the Bulldogs were two points behind. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. These are great. Hey, we were talking, I was talking with Jaleesa yesterday, Jaleesa Apps uh, on the show. Good morning, gents. What do you make of the revelation that Reese Walsh, Payne Haas, Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten might not be granted a visa to travel to the US due to their colourful records with the law? That's Anthony from Greystones. Mm. We're talking about whether you need Justin Esther to get in or whether you need a visa, which can take up to 83 days. We were discussing, we wonder if MC's got his visa yet. I'm not going. Okay. I am not going. So you uh, don't, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my, I've got an Esther still valid. So yep. I could probably just slide in because I went to Hawaii and Vegas pre-Christmas. Okay. So yeah. You went for the pre-tour. I went uh, for the pre-tour. Any, is there any truth to that? Because that's, I, we were speculating yesterday and, yeah. and Jaleesa thought that, it, it wouldn't be a drawback necessarily, but it, you don't know, do you? Well, it makes it a little bit more difficult. We know anyone that's gone to the US knows how stringent their border policy is. And uh, when you get there, they ask you a thousand questions and you feel like you're, you've you been interrogated um, at customs. So, yeah, you know, I think it ideally it would have been sorted by now, but there's obviously some angst around the clubs. The clubs do have some angst around it. Um, there is a little bit of uncertainty. I'd be shocked if players aren't able to go. Um, mm. Peter Volandis is all over it. There's, he, there's no way he's letting He's had dinner Reece with Walsh. Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> sure he can pull some strings. He's been to the White House, the great man. So um, I'm sure he can do it. That is very true. Hey, we've got some news, breaking news coming through from the NBA. ESPN is reporting that Milwaukee Bucks have, the Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed their head coach, Adrian Griffin. So this is, this is big news because Milwaukee are sitting second behind only Boston in the East. They've had 30 wins, 13 losses. Uh, that That's pretty remarkable. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the team there are like legitimately top five contenders for winning the NBA championship. What do you make uh, of it? You're more across it than I am. Oh, I mean, we'll bring you more news as it comes through, but I've just done a bit of research and Sham Strania and the Woj bomb, Adrian Wojnarowski over there. That's basically the American versions of MC. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same paycheck too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're reporting that it's sort of come out of the blue and the assistant coach is going to become, you know, the head coach, at least in the interim. So uh, that's Joe Prunty, the interim coach. So big news over there in the States. I mean, I'm shocked. Uh, it's just one of those things. You see all the teams down the bottom and yeah. they're tanking and whatever. That's a likely outcome. And in the NFL, generally at the end of the season. But, mm. yeah, this is pretty wild. Uh, we've got a Twitter poll up. At Bossy and Brandy SEN on Twitter. 
or X? Do you call it Twitter or X? Well, I call it Twitter. I can't okay. call it X, you? Yeah. Oh. You're an X man. Well, I just said Twitter and I found myself catching my brain. I know, it's just. It's like my brain and my mouth are behind each other. Yeah. Uh, are you happy to see Pat Cummins taking a principal position on issues such as Australia Day or should we keep politics out of sport? Yes. Have his say is 50%. No, keep politics out 50%. We'll keep that updated throughout the show. It's at Vossy Brandy S-E-N on Twitter. Uh, get on and give us your opinion. And also on the text line, 0457 736 736. Uh, we'll jump into a few more texts. Um, the, the Western Sydney Eagle text in said, I haven't watched any of the tennis, but I flicked over and Kyrgios was interviewing Novak, which we just heard a little bit of. It was a bit weird, maybe cringe a little bit. I mean, I quite enjoy the sort of player insight because no broadcaster can really know the perfect question to ask or what's topical from the locker room. Yeah, There's an insight there that Novak wouldn't give to a Todd Woodbridge, for example. Yeah. Um, So for that reason, I love it. And there's a different approach that Nick can have too with knowing knowing stuff that, you know, the – even former players who are far removed don't know yep. or, or journalists or a host, whoever the case may be. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. It is interesting seeing the two of them on, on court. Cause as I said, if you had to put a poll up of the most polarizing tennis players in, in like <laughs> in the view of Australians, they'd be, they could go one, two. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they could. It is boring without Nick. Like I, I need him on the court. Man, uh, I think tournament organizers would be filthy. No Diminor late, late in the tournament. No Barty, no Kyrgios. Yeah. You know, it's, Broadcasters would be filthy. Yeah. No, Nick. We're watching it's doubles. Been, I was watching doubles. Oh, I mean, I've got to say the men's in particular, it, it strikes me as we could get the best four players in the world in the semifinals, which is always a good measure of a good tournament. But for Australians' interests' sake. Yeah. You know, tell us, tell us, what do you think? Because at the end of the day, we sit here, I'm a tennis lover. I've always gone at family holidays. We lived in Bathurst. Family Christmas present used to be drive to Melbourne. Yeah. Stay there over a couple of days, go to a day session and one night session together. Oh, cool. At the, you know, the buzz of that environment, yeah. it felt like the Olympics, Yeah. It, the buzz around the precinct. So what do you think? Is Has it lost a bit of its luster this year without Kyrgios? Ash Barty, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Sen Summer Brecky here, Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you this morning. We've had lots of opinion, lots of texts coming in. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the Edgewater Homes text line. This one pretty simple, no name on it though. So please, when you do text in, leave your name on it so we can identify you. Cummins is a great human. That's it. Simple. Yep. We, we have had plenty coming in on both sides of the fence. We've also got uh, a Twitter poll up on Vossi Brandy SEN uh, on whether Pat should leave his opinion out or leave politics out of sport. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, but there's plenty more text there, isn't there? There's MC? a few. Uh, Mark, belly laugh moment. On the footy show where Mario Fennick handed the late, great Jack Newton a cup of tea with a saucer. Have you seen that? I haven't. I I remember a, a few g- funny moments from the footy show, but I that specific <laughs> one I don't. It, after showing the news break, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. It is okay. outstanding. And poor Jack had to walk around because obviously he had one arm, right? So Mario served him with a tea and saucer. Yeah, he couldn't you, drink the tea. Yeah, you can't. So he's just walking around doing the interview, just holding the tea, 
and the, the, and the he's sauce, too nice and he's to, too nice to say anything or do anything or put it down. So he's just walking around with it. That was one of the all-time. <laughs> there was a lot of good moments for the footy show in the back of the day. Jimbo the Dragon. My funniest moment in sport was Brett Lee bowling a Piers Morgan. Oh, yeah, that was good. Just on cricket, I thought of one as well when Andrew Simons collected the streaker. Yes. Nice little shoulder Put charge. A proper hit on him. Uh, that'd be a penalty these days. But, <laughs> would <know>. be. Um, <laughs> Michael wants to know, good oh, is good to see the World Club Challenge is already a sellout. That's right. So okay. yesterday, the day before, officially a sell- sellout. We're going to put the um, house full sign up for Penrith v Wigan um, in the World Club Challenge. And I think that'll be a good game. Yeah, it will be a good game. Looking forward to that one. Uh, it is the 24th of January, MC. Yes. Now you've come... With your own segment this morning, Belly mm. Laugh. What else? You've done some other research too. On this day in 1984, Apple releases its revolutionary Macintosh personal computer. Did you have a Mac back in the day? I I still have a Mac now. I've I, never had I'm, a Mac. Oh man, you need to get with the times. Got an iPhone. Oh, that's true. That's his iPad. Pretty much everyone has an iPhone, but mm. uh, Macs are it. I don't do I run much, my entire life. You do don't I, do much. You like, write. You yeah. write articles every day. Yeah, They're like Microsoft <laughs> Word, <laughs> maybe notes, and then I copy and paste it, and I put it into our system. Okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> what, uh, what else? What else? Jamie Lyon was born on this day in 1982. Terry Evans' kick bounces awkwardly. Oh, it's a try! Oh, Oh, yeah. remember that! Remember that guy who's talking there. Uh, sounds. I, I look at sounds his. Sounds familiar. Look at his photo most mornings <laughs> over summer. <laughs> I did see him tweeting at about four thirty this morning. He was on the on a train. We're talking obviously about Bossy. Of course he was. He's Is off he there. Send us a text, Bossy. <laughs> uh, but what a player, Jamie Lyon. Oh, outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Understated career a little bit. Obviously had that issue at Parramatta. Went away and. Went to the UK and then, you know, played bush footy and then yep. outstanding for, for the Sea Eagles. Uh, we need to do one more here. It's Neil Diamond, was born on this day in 1941. He's 83 today. Happy birthday. Uh, if you're listening in SENQ 693am in Brizzy, we're going to say goodbye now. Patton Heels are going to be up next. And if you're listening through SEN 1170 here in Sydney, plenty more to come, including Sydney Sixers coach Greg Shippard who will join us straight after the news. And it's Uh, Adele, who we're playing at the moment on this day in 2011, released her second studio album, 21, which won the Grammy of the Year Award in 2012. Good morning to you. Wednesday, the 24th of January. It's just gone 7 o'clock in the morning here in Sydney. Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you this morning. SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney as we're filling in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. If you're listening across the SEN network, good morning to you or on the SEN app. Plenty of sport this morning. We've been talking about Pat Cummins weighing into the Australia Day debate. Uh, David Nofaluma and the bromance between Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic uh, continuing to blossom. Uh, There's plenty more stories that we're going to get to this hour. Greg Shippard, the Sydney Sixers coach, ahead of the Big Bash final tonight against the Heat, the Brisbane Heat at the SCG. He will join us in a little over five minutes' time. Looking forward to that one. Brett Phillips will be on to chat the Australian Open. Uh, We have been discussing, in particular, the Pat Cummins 
chat yesterday that he had, the, the pre-match presser, the pre-test match presser at the Gabba, there was one topic that he was talking about, which wasn't related to Australia Day, that is worth noting here. Uh, the Glenn Maxwell incident where he was hospitalised in Adelaide, uh, saying that he had to own his own behaviour. Let's take a listen. You know, we, we're all adults. And part of being an adult is, uh, yeah, you make your own decisions. And, um, yeah, I suppose in, in terms of this actual incident, you know, obviously he wasn't on tour with Australia. He was over there for a private event, so he wasn't with the cricket team. So um, it's a little bit different, but um, absolutely. Anything, decision you make, you've kind of got to own it and be comfortable with it. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's manager spoke with the Herald as well. Quote, Glenn is a little embarrassed by the whole thing. He was a bit sore and sorry on Saturday, but he's back in Melbourne and resumed training yesterday. He is not under investigation by Cricket Australia. Your thoughts, MC? Again, strong leadership from Pat, yep. I, I thought, saying, well, he's an adult. As an adult, you, you've got to take um, responsibility for, for your actions. And, you know, again, it's a... It's not a gentle, gentle approach by Pap. He does everything so calm and respectfully, but there's subtext there saying, you know, not as direct as this, but mate, you need to sort of get your stuff in order. Yeah. And I think it's on the back of, you know, missing the entire BBL last mm. year because of an incident at a 50th birthday, birthday party, falling off a golf cart at the World Cup. You know, it's yeah. not an isolated incident. Yeah, there's a, a, a few... <laughs> Minor indiscretions at the moment for for Glenn, and I think that's what Pat's just alluding to there. And um, just a uh, just a gentle tickle up, I'd say to to Maxwell. Yeah, and he's let's be honest, he's a superstar of the game, world renowned. So anytime he does anything, he's in the news, mm. uh, and that's part of the realities of sport. Uh, talk to me about Ronald Volkman. So a bit of news that's come out in the last 24 hours about the Warriors taking up the medical bills. It's been a story for a month. Yeah. Clarify things for us, please. Yeah, good story. Now, here, obviously, Ronald Volkman was sort of in rugby league no man's land, a, a little bit cut adrift by the Warriors, paid out, should we say, by the Warriors, agreed to, to leave, and then was going to take up a deal with the Dragons, failed his medical despite training at the club, um, where it's been revealed that he had to undergo a shoulder reconstruction, um, and wasn't sure exactly who would fund that, how it would get funded, you know, would he be able to, to, to have an operation anytime soon so he can get back on the park quickly. But uh, it's come to light that he'll fly to New Zealand under the care of the Warriors, and they'll yep. pay for that, that surgery. And I think that's the right outcome because argue as you might whether or not the release was done in the right way or the like, he got injured as a Warriors player at training, uh, having re-aggravated an old injury, um, the Dragons were unaware of it. Um, and I'm not saying anyone's done anything malicious here or, or wrong, but fundamentally, that's what's occurred. He got injured as a Warriors player. Yeah, Good on the Warriors um, for showing some much-needed compassion for a 21-year-old kid who life, his career's in limbo um, and, yep. and, and going to provide some care for him. So I think that's the, the right outcome. Do you think that this has come on the back of a bit of pressure from probably the NRL and the RLPA to get a resolution in the best interest of the player? Or do you think this was just genuinely the Warriors seeing the scenario play out and thinking, you know what, we've got to step in here? Well, I think originally they were hesitant to do anything, the Warriors. I thought they, they thought that, no, no, he's no longer our player. We've, we've come to a 
financial agreement to, to release yep. him. We've paid him out a, a good good chunk of money too. They paid him out good money yep. uh, for, for the final two years of his deal. And they go, well, it's buy Bill Air a little bit from, from the Dragons. That was their initial approach. But I think as things have settled down, they've obviously made contact with Ronald. Um, and, you know, in the end, the outcome's the right one. The Warriors have done the right thing here, stump up for the medical fee um, and, and help this kid try and resurrect his NRL career. Now, just on the Warriors, uh, one other story. They've reportedly offered Sharks prop Braden Hamlin Ueli a three-year deal from 2025 worth $2.2 million. It seems like they're going the straight swap territory with AFB for mm, Neil Blake. Exactly, yes. What, what do you know about this and it, are the reports genuine? Michael Chambers has a story in, in the Herald last night, and um, it's interesting considering the fact that going the other way is Adam Finnell Blake, as you said, Copes, and it's going to be a tight squeeze there at, at the Sharks because Finnell Blake's on almost a, about a million dollars. Toby Rudolph's re-signed on, on you know, he's got a long, he's got a, a, a good contract there. Uh, McGuinness, Finucane, uh Wilton, Nikora. There's yeah. a lot of players in that four-pack that are on good coin, and then obviously you throw in for for Newell Blake, so something we'll have to give there. There's no doubt the shark the sharks won't be able to compete with those financial terms. Um, so the Warriors have identified their Fanua Blake replacement, and that's the guy at the club that Fanua Blake's going to. He's always struck me as a kind of guy that has more to give. He's played few minutes for yeah. the sharks, but his output in those minutes has always been really good. I, I wonder, can he though be the at, at times, Fanua Blake playing 80 minutes yeah. with the same impact the entire game. He's not at Fanua Blake's level for mine yet. Yeah. Um, and that, that will become, well, there's two parts of this conversation. Who ends up winning in that deal, right? Yeah. And is it fast-tracked? Yeah. If, if we That's see, always the question, it's isn't it? But particularly when, very rarely do you see a like-for-like, like essentially, swap clubs at the end of a season. It's very rare where you, where you see a player like Fanua Blake move to the Sharks and the guy that he's replacing go the other way. So it is, it is rare whether or not those conversations happen in the background. I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure. Time to move on to cricket. We have a massive big bash final at the SCG tonight. It's the Sydney Sixers taking on the Brisbane Heat. And just to get us into the flavour, it's a man who will play his last game in Sixers colours, a legend of the sport, particularly here in New South Wales. It's Stephen O'Keefe. Take a listen. Two behind point on the offside. Oh, there he goes, Shockey. Stephen O'Keefe, we just said it could be his last game at the venue. He's done it so many times here at the SCG for the Sydney Sixers, the New South Wales Blues and Australia. No. And Alex Hales has to go. But, yeah, Shockey! <laughs> Stephen O'Keefe, we're talking about Cameron Bancroft. And about Stephen O'Keefe, how often he's done it at this venue for the Sixers. We said, what a tie power power play for the Thunder. Well, Stephen O'Keefe says, hang on a minute. That one clubbed out to deep mid-wicket. Jordan Silk underneath Silky, it. Silk, unlucky Davey. And he takes the catch. Jordan Silk doesn't put him down. Uh, really impartial commentary there from particularly Doug Bollinger. <laughs> Sorry you had to listen to that, Shippy, but a legend of the game, uh, Stephen O'Keefe. We have the coach of the Sydney Sixers on the line, Greg Shippard, ahead of the big game tonight. A word firstly, mate, uh, on Stephen O'Keefe and, and the legacy and your experiences in that change room. Yeah, good morning, uh, man. Good to be on the show uh, on such a big day for, for us. And, uh, yeah, that's just a, a salutary reminder of, of the, the 
the level of skill that Steve O'Keefe's brought to the franchise and the competition for many a year. And, uh, you know, it's a big moment for the Sydney Sixers that he plays his last game because, you know, that change is certainly going to influence the level of our output uh, going forward. Whilst, you know, behind the scenes, he's he's grown, you know, the people around him in lots of ways. Um, I've never experienced someone who probably barracks for his team as much as he does as as a game unfolds and whether he's playing or not. And there's been times this season where he hasn't actually been on the field for us as, as we've managed uh, him and his loads and his body. Uh, gee, barracks for the team and he's, you know, he's into the into the fight and into the cause. And so, you know, he will leave that as, a, as one of his legacies to our group about, you know, being in the fight and in the contest. But... But as a, he's a give, he's a giver, and he and he gives information. Young Toddy Murphy and and Joel Davies are beneficiaries, as other players have been, of his his wisdom around his craft. And you know, we, we will make sure that the the link between him and uh, and our team, you know, remains for many years to come. Yeah, well said, Shippy, and great access to chatting to you on game day. So thanks for this, mate. It's a BBL final, you've been there and, and won titles before, but uh, you're the master coach. Do you get nervous on a game day? Um, I was talking to someone last night. I think my goal is to make the grand final, and once we, that has been achieved, it's always finals, making finals, and the path to the, to the finals is what you're chasing, and the process is what you're chasing. So... I'm sort of in a satisfied position today. We love him. So I said to the group yesterday, you know, we've reached Everest. We're both two teams have reached that that point uh, of, the, of the mountain and now we're just fighting to hold the flag up. So I'm really pleased with what our coaching staff have done behind the scenes with the group and the group of what they've done themselves to get there. And now today is an expression of our skill and, and the contest. So... Um, I'm probably more relaxed in in the grand final moment than I am in the in the lead up to it. If that makes sense, I'm really really proud of this group. This is the sixth year, you know, in a row that uh, they've been in finals and four grand finals, winning two of them. So hopefully, you know, we make that three tonight. But uh, there's been a lot of hard work done, and it's a you know a remarkable remarkably consistent and giving group. Talk us through your day today, mate. Very rarely do we get access to a coach in any sport on, on grand final day, but what's your day like? When do you arrive at the ground? When do you have your last word? What's your prep like during the day? How do you entertain yourself during the day? Um, well, today's probably thinking about the future. Um, and, you know, there's this window of, you know, making sure that we're we're planning for the next phase and, and, you know, we're building our list for next year, you know, today and yesterday and the day before you know, all, all teams are busy on doing that uh, to, to make sure the future takes care of itself. So there'll be some work up until lunchtime around in that space and probably get to the ground, you know, two hours before the game and just cruise around and make sure that the, the players, are, <laughs> you know, are, are feeling comfortable about, you know, the opportunity ahead of them today. And, you know, we met yesterday and, you know, talk strategy and assess conditions and train. So, so we're ready to play. There isn't a more strategic thinker in the game uh, than you, Shippy, and no doubt you're going to be spending... You don't switch off, mate. It, there, there's no way that mind of yours is switching off. You'd be scouring the internet, looking at the world events, talking about the big topics. Uh, but I want to know, given 
we're talking big topics. Josh Brown the other night, 140 from 57 balls, 12 sixes. Oh, we spoke to Silky yesterday on no doubt the bowlers will have their plans. Uh, can you tell us how exactly do you stop someone like Josh Brown? Uh, I guess, you know, he might have let it slip as well the other day saying that, you know, spin early is, is, is an opportunity against him. Those words came out of his mouth as well. And, you know, I guess, you know, we, we'll be trusting our spinners to to have a look there. Um, I guess, you know, we'll mix, mix our pace. Uh, probably more than we might have seen the other night to him. But, uh, you know, again, it's thinking on your feet in the moment and how the wicket's playing. Every wicket's different. Every bowling combination's different in game circumstance. So, you know, we just, as I say, have to make sure, you know, ball by ball, we're making slight adjustments to hopefully, you know, not let someone like that get on a run. Every Most batters in teams these days are capable of, you know, having a purple patch. So... Ours included, so you know, team needs to be teams need to be you know ready to adjust and minimise the damage. With your New South Wales hat on uh, as well, mate, Curtis Patterson, where's he at in terms of um, his career at the moment, and how can you see a path back for for him in the New South Wales lineup? Yeah, Curtis is you know training and playing you know playing as well as he can at the moment, you know, but. Difficult to find a spot in this group just at the moment for, for Curtis, but you know he's putting in you know a, a huge amount of work behind the scenes to you know re-establish his rhythm and his and his batting position, um, you know in in the blue setup. So you know I'm I'm pleased with um, at, at, with the way he's shaping. Uh, it's a difficult time for him, obviously a you know, highly skilled and. And had you know strong reputation you know in the game, and uh, he's fighting for his place you know in the future. So you know we're we're right behind him in in that uh, in that charge. And certainly, I can speak from experience. The St George players uh, in grade and Premier cricket. Speaking of how highly uh, respected he is, when you say that shit, mm. when he comes back to play Premier cricket, it's come back with full intention to not just play and, and tick a box. It's to impact others around him, score runs, and you know try and get back by having a smile on his face and winning games at the levels below. So uh, I'm sure he will be back to his best at some point. Uh, speaking of the broader issues in the game, Ship, we've been talking all morning and getting opinion, uh, rightly or wrongly, on Pat Cummins and the role of the Australian cricket captain. When asked, and MC made a really good point this morning, it's not like Pat Cummins is standing at the Gabby yesterday and shouting his opinion from the rooftop. He was asked a question and answered mm. the question in his way that he always does. What's your opinion? Not Pat Cummins, but the Australian cricket captain on having views politically. I know you're a, a thinker of the game and sport generally. What do you think? Uh, look, I, I think I, I think the Australian captain, any Australian, whether you've got that title or not, is entitled to if asked a question and and people obviously by being asked a question in a, in a media conference that uh, he'd probably do just as much damage if he just, you know, dead batted it and said nothing yeah. continually about issues. So, you know, he's entitled to his, his, um, you know, personal views. And I guess if he frames his comments as though these are my personal views, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, this is cricket Australia's view, uh, I guess, He's entitled to, as I would be, as you would be, to 
you know, give an opinion, and then you've got to defend your position. Um, you know, once you've made whatever statement you, you you've made, so uh, freedom of speech is is, I guess, one of the great things in in democratic in democratic uh, society. Yeah, and my own personal opinion, Chip, is that he's one of few leaders in this country that is actually willing to stand for something. He stands on his opinion, believes in it, and does it in a really authentic manner, uh, which I certainly commend. I obviously have a personal relationship with him, so that I'm not hiding that. Um, but let's let's focus just lastly on the game tonight, mate. Uh, I'm really excited. It, the Big Bash final and the Big Bash generally this year has been unreal. Fans flocking through the gates. It'll be no doubt very close to a sellout tonight if it's not already. I'm interested in your opinion. I asked Silky this same question yesterday. If you were to come out of the game tonight with one box ticked that won you the game, what do you think that box is? How do you win the game tonight against the Brisbane Heat? Uh, I, I think one of our most trusted elements of the game has been our fielding and the confidence that we have when our players you know, are sitting under the ball um, and, and minimising the errors uh, you know, in the field, and you know, you spoke about Silky, and there's the there's the talisman, the flag, yeah, the flag of our team in terms of you know fielding excellence. Um, you know, when he sits under the ball and moves to the ball, you know, it, it makes such a difference. So, you know, taking those important catches when they come along um, is, is one box that we'd certainly love ticked. You know, partnerships again with bat and ball. Um, you know, and seeing seeing our spinners sort of do their do their stuff. Uh, Todd Murphy bowled the best over a spin in the, in the in the qualifying final and only bowled one over for the game. And and the, and I think the fact that they took power play or a surge straight after his over was an indication of that. And it sort of changed the rhythm of the game to to us. So yeah. it's sort of strategic moments like that that. Uh, that you know are a big part of of achieving a result, but you know we have great memories of our crowd getting behind us uh, against the um, you know the Scorchers and the Stars in our two you know final wins here. So I'm expecting that same sort of energy from our crowd tonight, and our players really thrived on that in in previous occasions. So you know we're looking for a for a boost from off the field as well. Yeah, and no doubt you'll get it. You talk about Jordan Silk. Uh, Ricky Ponting thinks he should be termed an all-rounder, given how good he is at fielding. Uh, that's how much he thinks he impacts the game. Shippy, it's grand final day, the Big Bash final tonight. Amazing access for you to come on this morning. Thank you so much and good luck. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Uh, it's a Big Bash final tonight. Are you with him? Are you going to the game tonight? Who do you think will win and why? Let us know on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. It's been an interesting morning. Lots to talk about and there is plenty more. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Make it look easy with sports bet. Chances are you're about to lose. Hammy Goodman is back. Uh, we actually want to ask where you have been, Hammy. Uh, Happy New Year. And where have you been? Happy New Year, boys. I'm back feeling refreshed. It's been a long break. Uh, not an Andrew Ross-length break, but a long break nonetheless. Uh, I'm ready to tackle 2024. I've been following the cricket around, uh, Copes. I went to the ah, nice. MCG test, the Sydney test, and uh, even did a couple of days at the Adelaide test last week as well. So consumed plenty of cricket and, uh, and ready to get stuck into the year. You haven't been heckling me down on the boundary, have you? You're one of the thousands of people that do that. 
I got very close to heckling you at the Adelaide Oval uh, after play on day two. I saw you in uh, in my hotel bar there. You had a big tray of beers, oh, wow. and I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to uh, unbalance you because you had an important role to play there for the team. I think Drinks. by the looks of things. Yeah, yeah. experience. Just thought you'd out me on air that I'm carrying <laughs> around buckets of beers <laughs> instead. <laughs> that, hey, how about that? Uh, you know, if you haven't been to Adelaide, that that Test match is magic. Um, but the bar at, and the hotel at the Oval is where we stayed this year. It is magnificent, yep. isn't it? Did you stay there or were you just there for drinks? Oh, no, I actually uh, took my dad there for his 70th. We had a little boys trip a couple of days and we stayed there and uh, it is remarkable. You don't even have to leave the hotel to scan your ticket to get into the ground. Yeah. There's no reason yeah. to leave. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, so hopefully we can do that again. Uh, I mean, next year and the year after India and England will be fantastic in there. Yeah, and I'd imagine back to day-night test matches there, it's almost like the Melbourne Cup spring carnival atmosphere out the back in the marquees. Anyway, we should talk sports bet, mate, <laughs> rather than reminiscing on the test. The Big Bash final tonight, head-to-head, what have you got? Yes, uh, so the Sixers and the Heat have played twice this season. The Sixers have won both of those games, and that has seen the Pundits Copes uh, gravitate towards the Sydney Sixers at a $1.78 uh, five favourites. The Heat, you're getting $2.08. If you are a Heat fan and you're looking for a bit of a stat to cling to, the underdog has won each of the last four completed matches between these sides. So there's a flicker of hope. But uh, as far as the punters are concerned, the Sixers lift the trophy tonight. What about any other markets in the final that have caught your eye? Yeah, I've got I've got one here for you, MC. Uh, it's a bowling market, a man who's come home with a wet sale. Uh, the $1.8 million man at the IPL auction, Spencer Johnson. He's taken two or more wickets in four of his last five games. You're getting $2.65. Spencer Johnson, two-plus wickets tonight. The other one, of course, is the player of the match. Moises Henriques, he, he was clutch a couple of uh, nights ago uh, against the Heat. He's been the best back and the favourite at $8.50. Josh Brown, of course, on five the other night, $13 you're getting for him. But I'm looking at SEN's very own Stephen O'Keefe, 21 bucks in what will be his last game in the Big Bash. We just heard Shippy say before... The Sixers' best chance to combat Josh Brown might be spin early. Yeah. Sox a good matchup, turning the ball away from the right-hander. If he comes into the game early and takes a few key wickets, 21 bucks, all aboard Sox, I reckon. That's not bad. It's not a bad shout. Given how well he played there last time in, in the last regular season match against the Sixers, he took three wickets. Uh, I, just moving on to the test match that starts tomorrow, um, I'm interested on the odds there and, you know, if there's anything topical because head-to-head markets that obviously look pretty straightforward. They are. Now, there's a, there's a market I pushed for for the last game, Cove, since the first time we've offered it uh, for Test Cricket because I thought the game was going to be one-sided, which it was. We, we actually opened up a market for what day will the Test match conclude. Now, this market will be up again for this game. The traders have just held off a little bit until they can get a bit of a better read of the weather. But I will bring that one to you uh, tomorrow morning uh, for the test match. What what day will the test conclude? The, the odds you were getting for day two for the last test match, 41 bucks, and we oh, came wow. very, very close. So there's potentially a bit of value to be had in that market as well. Day night at the Gabba uh, with a bit of grass on that pitch. Last year was a two-day test against South Africa as well. So the shortest test yep. match on record in Australia. So that's very, very interesting. Hammy, you're all over it as always. Have a great day at Sportsbet. Have a good one, boys. Chat tomorrow. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you this morning, and we're powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. 
Shaping and Building Australia Together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news this morning. Pat Cummins making headlines after sharing his view that the date of Australia Day should be moved. We've been asking you this morning, are you happy to see the Aussie skipper taking principal positions on an issue like this, or do you think keep politics out of sport? David Nofaluma has been released from the final two years of his contract from the Tigers, accepting a $300,000 payout. Michael, uh, you had your say this morning. Uh, if you don't, uh, if, sorry, if you missed that, check out the podcast. As with any of the other topics that we've been discussing this morning, uh, interesting point of views coming out left, right and centre this morning. Uh, one of those, uh, Matt Burton on a podcast with Josh Mansour, uh, just rather than me introducing it, let's mm. just take a listen. Do you believe in that the world is flat? If no, some people do. What would you say to them? That is a good question, but it's most rant. I was not expecting that at all. That's a tough one, eh? Do you believe the world is flat? I don't. I don't know, eh? Yeah, I believe it is. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You believe the world's flat? Yeah. You're such well, a like it's round. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's obviously flat because if it was, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. Yeah, now on radio, it's actually obviously impossible to see people. Mm. Um, but you know when you can hear audio and see people's brain ticking. Yeah, that that's what was happening just. That's there. a podcast. It's at some point do you go, oh, maybe we should just cut that bit out. Yeah, it's yeah. not like us now, after the fact. After editing. the fact, right? <laughs> <laughs> not like now where all the silly stuff we say is live to air. Yeah, post production editing, uh, maybe on the, the the agenda items. Mind you, it's become now news, and people might listen to the podcast. Well, so I'm like sure Josh Mansour will be happy. The infamous Selwyn Cobo podcast of of last season, yeah. where he basically said Kevin Waters can't coach. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, we've got some breaking news. Uh, we're just getting word through that power outages are affecting around 16,000 homes in Sydney. The affected areas are centred around Abbotsford and Roselle. So hopefully everyone in those areas is okay and it's resolved pretty quickly. The lines are open and we'd love to hear from you this morning. Give us a call on the open line, one 300 and plenty of you wanting to have your say. We'll get to you all in just a moment on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. It's a penalty. So Martin Boyle with the chance to put Australia in front on the cusp of the break. But Kira Yusupov told to stay on his light. And after that lengthy delay for the VAR check, we're finally ready for the penalty. And Martin Boyle sends the keeper the wrong way. He was the vibe manager at the World Cup here in 2022. He's just created the vibe for the Socceroos at the Asian Cup. That is the Socceroos sealing top spot in their Asian Cup group last night with a one-all draw against Uzbekistan. Australia, they were already guaranteed to reach the round of 16, but a win or a draw meant that they topped the group, which is great news. Welcome back to Summer Brecky, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. They'll be back in action very shortly. Uh, I, I did enjoy the, the jibe this morning on where Vossi's at. Will mm. they be back? 
you know, it, some of us take holidays, but not as long. Uh, he, <laughs> he's, he, he will be back shortly along with Brandy. A quick word on the NBL. Uh, the Sydney Kings are in action against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix tomorrow night in Melbourne. Kings looking to bounce back from their 104-98 to loss against the Perth Wildcats last Sunday. Tickets are still available for their home game this Sunday against Melbourne United against, uh, sorry, at Kudos Bank Arena. You can get your ticket text. Oh, my goodness. Speak, Trent. <laughs> Speak. You can get your tickets from Ticketek. Uh, I am now going to handball to you, Michael Karianis, with some breaking news. It's very dangerous if you want me to save the day. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, some breaking news just on sunrise. Sunrise. Will you be hosting that at some stage soon as well? Nah, Shervo's got that covered. Uh, Sean Abbott, the Sixers' leading wicket taker, uh, the leading wicket taker in the BBL history, has re-signed for further two years. Good news. So yeah, on the eve of um, the final tonight, uh, good news keeps rolling in for the Sixers. Yeah, and he's he just started to crack into being that permanent member of ODI and T20 squads for Australia. Not playing yet as a regular member, obviously. How yeah. big quicks and and spinners are pretty well set. But will we see him with all the quicks getting rested for the? Yes, he's in the ODI squad. Yeah. Um, Nathan Ellis, unfortunately, he is out with injury, so. Uh, Will Sutherland has been called in in the last 24 hours into that squad. So it's going to be a bit of a new look team from what we saw at the World Cup just Mm. gone. But uh, Sean Abbott will get the chance to almost be the leader of the attack uh, there. But first and foremost, tonight for the Sixers, trying to win against the Brisbane Heat. Uh, We've got plenty of texts and calls coming in this morning on the open line 1300 01 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. One of our favourites. Uh, MC, and I'm going to let you lead this one. Uh, good morning, Gary from Newtown. Good morning, Trent and Michael. I just want to speak about the, the 10 metre kick and the six again. I think it's a band aid solution, and it really only helps the better teams come to September. Games what matter. And you, and you can see last grand final, even though everyone's saying it's never been better, the NRL competition, but the, they were whitewashes, weren't they? You know, the last four teams standing. So Brisbane and the Pants were clearly the better sides and, and this new rule change only helps those teams going forward. So I think it's a problem trying to make more entertainment into the football game. I just want to just mention where I come from just very quickly. Steve Rogers was my favourite player for two reasons. He had every skill, step, fend, pass, kick and he was a team player. So that's number one. Wayne Bennett was my favourite coach because he, simplicity comes September. I'm always thinking about September, about winning. And he kept it simple. So that was my foundation 40 years ago going forward on football. And then understanding the game, how, how it keeps moving. For the last football years ago, it was a, 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 a draft game. Now, in the last decade or so, it's been a chess game. I hear people saying it's a chess game now. It's been a chess game for quite some time. I just want to make a point that Peter Valandis is our man, without any doubt. But, Pete, if you want to leave a legacy in our game, you must have a step-fem pass kick. You've got to teach the kids that. I'll just make a point on, on step-fem pass kick, and it goes like this. Number one and number six for Brisbane, say they're on 200,000. Now they can get a million a year plus four or five years. Is that because they've got speed or because they've got a step-down pass kick? 
Yeah, interesting point, Gary. That Points. And, and uh, when he says, I just want to make a point, uh, <laughs> what he means is I'll make 10. Uh, <laughs> MC, what did you make of that? Well, it's a lot to unpack. <laughs> the coves, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the new uh, short kickoffs go. I think we'll see it more than we don't see it now, yeah. um, which I don't mind. I think it's going to add another uh, element to the game, uh, another contest to, to the game. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. As for Gary's other point, I never saw Steve Rogers play, but people talk about him yeah. as you know one of the all-time greats, probably the best player not to win a grand final. Yeah, um, definitely in, in that discussion. Thanks for the call, as always, Gary. Seabar uh, Chook on the text line. I'm with Shippy, as in the coach of the Sydney Sixers, Greg Shippard. Pump for tonight. Socky will be M O M. Another one that's come in where we don't have a name on this text, but uh, so please do so in the future. Um, Copes, all things being equal, what would the two sides look like tonight if their full squads, including international players, were there? Do you think it would be a better product? And if so, how can we work a way to make this happen? So two things here, two questions. Uh, the sides would look a little different. Uh, obviously, you'd have Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, and a few others uh, playing. James Vince, even with, you know, as from an overseas point of view. Um, Usman Kawaja, Manus, you know, in, in the heat lineup. But next year and the following year, when we've got India, then the Ashes, the Sydney Test is the final Test match of the summer, then there's clear air till the end of the tournament for international players to play. So yep. I think the answer to your second question, uh, is there a way to work this to make it happen? Yes, and it will happen in the future. And no doubt it adds another layer of excitement. If you If you had the... Look, it's a BBL final. It's exciting anyway. But, you know, throughout the tournament, if, you, if you're having those big names, I know I was drawn when Steve Smith was playing Dave Warner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just natural. absolutely. It's just natural that you want to see the, the biggest names as often as you can. And last year, there was questions around, oh, Steve Smith, should he be playing in T20 cricket? And then he comes out for the sixes <laughs> and scores 100 after 100 after 100. So, yeah, absolutely. Question here, which I'm interested in your opinion. Uh, Don from Melbourne. Should that question to the listeners be rephrased potentially? Should the media stop asking our professional athletes their personal opinion on political issues? Yeah, fair point. There's, uh, that's a fair point. And Pat does, doesn't have to answer the question if he doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of too many issues where I've had to do it. Mainly, probably the pride jersey would be one, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that was brought upon by the club. That was news. You're so also not doing your job. The, the other point of this is as a reporter, as someone writing, as working in the press, you're not doing your job properly if you're not willing to ask the tough questions. Well, particularly as well. when um, it's been an issue, this a cricket issue, because Cricket Australia have come out and said they're yeah. not going to brand anything to do with Australia. If that hadn't been floated and it wasn't anything to do with cricket, I could understand, but it was topical and had to be asked because of Cricket Australia stance. Yeah, and literally that morning, CEO Nick Hockley yeah. was on Fordham Live and talking about his opinion on this stuff and it, it got into the news. Yeah, it was part definitely. of the news cycle. It was definitely part of the news. It, it had to be asked. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about, not just Pat Cummins and his opinion. Uh, there's plenty of sport going on around the world. We are here for Brighton's lawyers, unable to work, Due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's lawyers. It is Wednesday, the 24th of January. Good morning to those of you listening here on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. It is summer brekkie with Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. 
and those of you listening across the SEN network or on the app, good morning to you. We've been discussing the big news topics of the day this morning and there's plenty more to get through as well. We'll have Brett Phillips on the show uh, chatting Aussie Open shortly. We've had Sixers coach Greg Shippard on the show ahead of tonight's Big Bash final at the SCG. The Sixers taking on the heat. If you missed that chat, check it out on the podcast. That was a really good chat. Um, MC, there's been some interesting opinion this morning on Pat Cummins weighing into the Australia Day debate. There's been uh, the big news on Josh Mansour's podcast with Matt Burton on If the Earth is Flat, uh, which if you missed that, uh, please go and check that out. It it is genuinely worth your time. Uh, Check the podcast out generally because Josh is doing a good job and and having a good crack at it. Uh, David Nofaluma parting ways with the West Tigers and a bit of a bromance continuing between Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open. Nick Kyrgios interviewing Novak Djokovic on the court. Um, He made an interesting comment on the back of it. Um, And in the Herald, it's reported today that Kyrgios said that he's considering retirement and that he's, quote, okay with that. Mm. That's interesting. That is interesting. He penned a column uh, for for the Herald and, and, yeah, spoke about the fact that he's, like, he wants to come back, but if he doesn't, he's at ease. Yeah. I need to see a bit more Nick. We all need to see a bit more Nick. It is a show. It is literally a show at all times, but uh, it is fascinating viewing. He's, what, he's so watchable. Yeah. And, and he's right. When he stands on his opinion and his thoughts on what he brings to tennis, he's not wrong. Mm. He brings a bit of disrepute at yes. times, yeah. <laughs> but what he brings is eyeballs. Like, I'm way more inclined to watch it if he's on. Yeah, and he's a big Boston Celtics fan. He absolutely loves American sports, and that's where this stuff comes from. And uh, speaking of basketball, nice little accidental segue there. Joel Embiid yesterday made history scoring a Philadelphia 76ers franchise record, a new career high, 70 points in the 76ers' 133-123 to win over San Antonio. Let's take a listen to another legend of the game, Kevin Durant, talking about that. Kevin Brandon. I don't know if you saw Joel and B had scored 70. Cat had 60. 70? Yeah. Joel had 70 today. 50. Yeah, 70. So what did nights like tonight mean in the NBA? Shit. <laughs> I seen Cat have 40 at half. I mean, the skill level in this league is insane. And, and, and actually the coaching, the schemes on offense is insane. That <laughs> is insane. That is right. Uh, interesting reaction, but a massive achievement there yesterday. We we have a caller on the line. I just want to throw this audio in first. Pat Cummins on the Gabba test match, speaking with SEN Cricket's Barat Sundarason on the predicted weather this week. This one seems like a bit of a whopper. I actually haven't looked at the apps, so just from what everyone's saying about it, but uh, you know, realistically in test matches, it's, it's hard kind of come toss time or whatever to plan two or three days ahead, so it won't change too much. You've always got a bit of an eye on it kind of on the day and but really there's not much you can do about it and the Gabba is a field that does drain really well so hopefully even if there is rain we don't lose too much. So that was Pat Cummins talking about the weather predicted this week. He also made some other statements and opinions uh, at that press conference yesterday including a comment on the Australia Day debate. Now Steve good morning to you from Windsor. Uh, you want to chat about Pat Cummins, uh, Cummins and his comments yesterday? Yeah, good day there. That's me. You've got me. Yes, got you, Steve. Got what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, look, um, yeah. Let, let me say that you know on Friday I'll be celebrating Australia Day with a, a leg of lamb on a barbecue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think Pat Cummins has got every right 
to make any comment about anything that he likes. Everybody else in Australia has got an opinion. Why can't Pat Cummins have? You know, people take exception to the fact that he that he can have an opinion on on something. And if anybody, if people, anybody who doesn't know why the people who are protesting, who will be protesting on Friday, if they don't know why they're protesting, then they're absolutely asleep. They they if you can't if you don't know why they're protesting, you have not lived in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. Point there, Stephen. As you said, I've got no issue with um, Pat for um, standing up for for what he believes, and and for mine, there's two key elements, and, and we we've said it already. The fact that he was asked the question, and the fact that he he did it in a subtle way. He's not ramming down anyone's throats. He's not trying to instigate anything. He's just um, delicately and, and politely sharing his beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. He's been really methodical. He's been himself. And Steve, we agree with your point here, certainly in studio. So thanks for your call this morning. Uh, it's at one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number to tell us what you think about the uh, Pat Cummins. Should the Australian captain have his say on these topics or leave politics out of sport? Uh, we've certainly had our opinion this morning. Uh, it's also World Belly Laugh Day. Mm. Uh, we were discussing my moment that it comes firstly into my mind when you talk about a good old belly laugh in sport over the years was Doug Bollinger when he took a <laughs> wicket in test match cricket. He went to kiss the badge, the Australian coat of arms, and he kisses the VB logo instead. So <laughs> MC, what was yours? I had a couple. One was Mark Riddell jumping the fence at Wynn Stadium to applaud himself in that, in that post-try celebration. That was iconic. Yeah. Outstanding. Mark Riddell had a great career, but that's, you know, he's remembered for, for two things, putting his arm out when he goal kicks and, and jumping the fence yeah. uh, to applaud himself. <laughs> Amazing. And Greg Inglis going for a field goal when South Sydney trailed by two against the Dragons back in the days of one-point field goals. So that was obviously interesting. Yeah, we've got one here from the Peach. Funny moment in sport. Heels and Desmond Haynes facing off in a heated argument. David and Goliath stuff. That, that is good. And the height difference, seriously. Uh, this one, well, actually, we've got a caller coming in on 1300-01-1170. Let's jump in with Simon from Belmore. Good morning, Simon. Good, uh, good morning, guys. How are you? Going well, thanks, okay, mate. I'm what are your ma- thoughts? I'm a, I'm a Mad Dragon supporter, but I want to talk about Matt uh, coming. I don't agree with him at all. I don't agree with... Uh, the whole Australian side backing him up. I don't think I think they're but all of, all the Australian side, the cricket side, a bunch of arrogant. Okay, okay. Just, so I'm just on that. I'm not sure. I don't know the whole point of view of the whole Australian cricket side because Pat Wood said he wasn't speaking on behalf of the side. He was speaking on, on behalf of himself, and he said that he'd had some conversations with some players there. But I don't know what the view across the whole Australian cricket side is. We haven't done a straw poll of them, but. Um. Yeah, I've got no issue with him using his platform when asked the question. And Simon, I actually don't have any issue with you disagreeing with his opinion. Mm. That's fine. I and I don't think anyone has an issue with people disagreeing with opinion. the The issue that I have is when people think he's being arrogant about it, or he's being woke because he wants to have an opinion, or he's not entitled to his opinion. Exactly. So at the end of the day, what we're currently living in in Australia is society of people that 
throw the cliche or do what a party needs them to do or have an opinion because other people are saying their opinion. This is authentic Pat Cummins as the Australian captain. And when asked, he is more than happy to talk about it. Uh, Time now, though, to chat Australian Open. Thanks to Wilson. Experience the ultimate summer of tennis with Wilson. We have our man, SEN tennis expert on the line, Brett Phillips. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Coach. Morning, Michael. How are you doing, guys? We're going really well. Uh, we're going really well. We've been discussing a lot of sports this morning, but we've held off on uh, the tennis. Other than talking about uh, Nick Kyrgios and his interview with Novak Djokovic yesterday, but uh, mate, I'm interested in uh, first and foremost. There was uh, when we discussed the tennis yesterday. We we're talking two thirty start for Novak Djokovic. That ended up being a lot later, <laughs> and then the discussion around scheduling has popped its head up again at Melbourne Park. So, I mean, can you fill people in that maybe missed it yesterday on the scenario? And then when it came to the night session, uh, what you made of that? Yeah, well, um, I've had four hours sleep. It could have been two uh, by the time I spoke to you this morning because we actually thought we were looking at a 4 or 5 a.m. finishes as the day was unfolding. So for the first time in the tournament... So we've been having the midday starts, obviously, on Rod Laver Arena this year, an hour later than um, years gone by, but but one less match. To make sure we start the night session at 7 o'clock. So yesterday they decided to put on a Legends doubles at 12, and Coco Goff and uh, Marta Kostiuk to start not before 1 o'clock. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, yesterday yeah. was uh, extraordinary. I mean, we got a three-hour women's match followed by a nearly four-hour men's match. Now, back-to-back... That doesn't always happen. But I would have thought, by the time we get to quarterfinal day, you know the, the calibre of players remaining is going to be pretty strong. They're not going to be 6-1, 6-2, in, in the case of the men's straight sets um, obliterations. They're going to be pretty tight matches, long matches, that are going to go the journey. Why on earth they put on a, another match to the schedule when they haven't done it all tournament is beyond me. And I noticed today they've taken it off for the other half of the quarterfinal. So it will just be the two matches. So... Look, that one could have really come back to bite organisers if we'd have gone to 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, this morning. Luckily, Arena Sabalenka was in um, devastating form again, got things back on track, and then, you know, Sinner winning in straight last night got us out of sort of a respectable hour, which could have been a hell of a lot worse. But, yeah, I don't know why they put Legends on um, as an additional, um, you know, match uh, on the uh, on the schedule because it just set, uh, set everything back yesterday. And it was 29 degrees as well, which meant, you know, sometimes the match is going a little slower, the uh, the breaks in between uh, sets are a little longer, and the other day, um, yeah, it, it was an extraordinary day, to be quite honest. Some interesting comments from Nick Kyrgios in, in his column this morning, mate, saying that he's okay um, if he has to retire from the sport. Any, any, I know Nick, you know, probably doesn't surprise you anymore, BP, but any surprises around around those comments? No, look, I, I, I sit on 11.16 down here in Melbourne going back, um, gee, it might have been a month ago if I thought Nick Kyrgios was going to, um, you know, play again. And I said, I've got my strong doubts. So I just don't see, I've, I just I have not seen the desire in him to want to come back. I mean, his injuries over the last 12 months, to play one match in the, what, the last 18 months, uh, I don't think his injuries have been that bad, I'd question, and a lot of people have, whether he's gone through the proper rehabilitation process and really been diligent, but he's never really been diligent about dotting the I's and crossing the T's about his preparation. He's relied on his freakish talent over the years, which has got him through, but he keeps breaking down. 
because he hasn't done all the back work to make himself durable uh, on the tour. I don't see a great desire to come back. He's got so many things going on. He's never been totally in love with the game. Yes, tennis has, I suppose, been the vehicle to other things um, you know, coming about, other doors opening. Um, but he'd be looking at these young guys now, Alcaraz and Runa, these athletes, and going, am I really going to be able to keep up with these guys? And uh, this dream of winning a slam, it can't just be on the back of a booming serve. You've got to have all these other facets to be able to compete with these guys. Um, and... Yeah, I think the clock's certainly ticking on that. It wouldn't surprise me if he just said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. BP, the results yesterday, so just recapping, Djokovic uh, got the better of Taylor Fritz yesterday, 7-6, 4-6, 6-2, 6-3, and Yannick Sinner last night, 6-4, 7-6, 6-3 over Rublev. Uh, are we going to potentially see the top four seeds at the semifinals? I can't remember the last time that that happened. Yeah, usually there's uh, one or two that uh, sneak through. Um, yeah, well, I think Elkares beats Sverev. I mean, Sasha's played two big four-hour matches and Carlos is fresh and just uh, too much variety, I think, for uh, Sverev uh, tonight. And, and Medvedev, you know, he, he's been the best hardcore player of the last few years. Um, two Australian Open finals. I think he's just got a bit more experience then her catch, who I really like, uh, uh, from Poland, Hubie Hercatch, he's been inside the top 10 now for uh, a year or two, and I think his breakthrough is going to come. He's got a, a really good game, but Medvedev, I think, will outfox him uh, today. And then I'm really excited now about Sinner and Djokovic. I, I just want to see where Yannick's at. I mean, watching him up close last night, his level is just brilliant. I mean, there's not much meat on the bones, but what a mover. Um, you know, because you, you've got to... I mean, Djokovic has sort of um, led the way in terms of... Uh, having that flexibility and that you know change of uh, direction, being flexible, uh, being able to push off your left leg, right leg, because so many players are putting balls deep into the corners. You've got to defend out of those corners, and Sinner, you know, with his big sort of wingspan, can can do that really, really well. And he's he's like a gazelle. I mean, he can reset his core position. Uh, I think he can really take on uh, Djokovic here. I've still got Djokovic as my favourite, but. This is the time for Yannick Sinner. If it's not here this year, it might be at one of the other slams that he does break through. He is absolutely ready. And some news tonight. Obviously, um, Leighton Hewitt, a, a big moment for him. He'll be inducted into the Australian Tennis Hall of Fame in a special ceremony at Rod Laver Arena tonight. Where, where does he rank for you, mate? Where does he sit in, in terms of um, Australian tennis players? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at all the legends who are in the stands every day, and obviously I didn't really see them play. When you look at, you know, uh, Rod Laver and Frank Sedgman and um, Muscles, uh, Ken Rose or Neil Fraser, and that was that was the halcyon days of Australian tennis back when it was a different game, not as global and uh, different technology, and they all had great uh, resumes. But I suppose in the time I've, you know, certainly covered tennis, you know, Hewitt um, is right up there. I mean, he had that window, didn't he, uh, in between sort of you know, the, the end of Sampras's career and the start of Rogers, where he was able to get those two slams. And then it became really hard as Roger got going, Rafa got going. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, competitor, youngest, what he was, the youngest world number one at the time, two majors. I mean, he's Davis Cup heroics. No wonder, you know, he's uh, he's the obvious choice as the captain and inspiring our Davis Cup team now. It meant everything to play for his country. I mean, you just love any competitor, whatever sport you follow, who leaves nothing in the locker room. You can't help admire those sort of guys. I mean, not everyone warmed to Leighton, and some people still don't. And 
Uh, but you can't uh, you can't fault uh, his competitiveness. So yeah, he's right up there in terms of uh, you know just someone who uh, put everything on the line as a sports person. And then he's just such a great person in Australian tennis now for the younger players in driving them to be more successful. And that's why he's a big architect, really. Why we've got nine Australian men now in the top 100. Yeah, and it's really what Australians identify as generally, isn't it? Those, and well, I'm talking any sport. When you talk about who we want to be as sports people, it it is like Leighton Hewitt, maybe not the most talented, but always give it absolutely everything when you walk on the court or the field or whatever it is. And he absolutely embodied that. Uh, just quickly on the women's side of things, mate, we've got a golf Savalenka semi final. Uh, we're getting to the point where. You know how everyone's playing. I can't wait for that one. But also, who yeah. do you think is going to win the competition? Well, Sabalenka, this is this is her test now because it's a sixth consecutive semi, but she stumbled badly in the other three last year. After winning the Australian Open, she was in winning positions and should have made another two or three Grand Slam finals last year. So hopefully, for Arena's sake, she doesn't get the yips and tightened up and start spraying some balls and, you know, start throwing in some double faults. That can happen. She can have these little mini meltdowns. Uh, Coco, I mean, the first time she was tested yesterday, so three hours, eight minutes, she is superbly fit, so she'll recover nicely. I I think Coco is ready to take the Sabalenka scalp here. So I'm I'm, I'm backing her in to go all the way. Um, And and the men, yeah, Djokovic uh, has to be the absolute favourite still uh, to play his third match during the day to see off Sinner and yeah, uh, look, you know, it could get, look it could go another way, but that's just my <laughs> my feeling on it. That these these guys in particular, they are so keen to strike Djokovic now on this court where he has had his most Grand Slam success. So they are they are hungry. Yeah, the Sharks are circling. BP, you're all over it as always. Even when you're on four hours sleep uh, down there at the Australian Open. Thanks this morning, mate. That pleasure, team. We'll do it all again today. Yes, no doubt. No doubt indeed. That was thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. And we are off to a break. Summer Brecky is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is SEN Summer Brecky. Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis here with you. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Now, the missile is normally here on a Wednesday. Mm. Uh, with his health and fitness tips, thanks to Fast Fuel Meals. Ready fast, enjoy quality food that tastes great and saves you time. Now, I am in the chair today. I'm going to fill in these shoes with a quite simplistic approach to this. Uh, But as evidenced by when I brought this up in the break, uh, it might be news to some. Yes. That when you are exercising on, you know, we're talking... Tops of 31 in the city, 36 in the west today in Sydney. It's going to be very hot over the next little while. We've just been through the thick of summer. That thing in your mouth when you realize that you're thirsty. I'm talking about hydration here. I'm wanting everyone to proactively hydrate. My little tip is that when you feel that you're thirsty and you have that sensation, you are way past the point of dehydration. That is your body telling you this is a problem. It's not like you're actively managing it. So my health and fitness tip for the day, when you wake up and you're doing your morning routine, have water or some form of hydration as a part of it. Mm. Uh, Does that come as a shock to you, MC? Not particularly, no. Pretty simple, pretty simple tip. But the the hunger and the 
uh, first response is seriously about uh, looking after yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's a simple tip. Thanks to fast fuel meal, fuel meals, ready fast, enjoy quality food that tastes great and saves you time. Stay hydrated, hydrated today. I will. A few texts to get to. As you said, Trent, it looks like the top four seed in the men's semis at the Australian Open. Mark Edmondson won the Australian Open in 1976 from a 212 ranking. Could wow. that ever happen again, the Melbourne Park Yobbo? I don't know whether it... I mean, in this day and age, anyone is capable. I think it's more than likely going to happen in the women's game than the men's. But that's pretty wild and great memory. Jeez, 1976 to remember 212 ranking. It, it could happen if you know a player falls out of the rankings for a little while through injury or whatever the case True. may be. Uh, I guess, maybe, at, yeah. at, at some point. True. More likely in, in sports like golf and things like that, where you get someone just shot out of mm. the cannon one year and they're playing just unbelievably well. A few more around Pat Cummins. Please don't ask Pat Cummins about the weather. Next minute, he'll be getting attacked about climate change. Leave the bloke alone, West Sydney Eagle. <laughs> um, Spanky said, I'm glad Pat answered. It was a good question. And not a really hard one, like, is the world flat? I'm not sure Paul Matty even understood that question. That's the <laughs> Matt Burden um, confusion around the the earth. Yes, the earth. Yeah, big topic. Um, and they've tackled it well. <laughs> one three hundred. Well. Yeah, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line, and the Edgewater Homes text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Time for the news. Uh, yes, thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie here on SEN. We're powered by Kubota. For over forty years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We've had plenty of texts flying in, but there's, there's one a real goodie. Good one, and you should have. You, you should have uh, been on this segment last week because one, Glenn Maxwell might have needed it. Uh, dehydration, it came as a shock for the big show from Tabman. <laughs> That's a fair call. Yes, yes, that is very good. Uh, we we have a segment, uh, mm-hmm. and you've been talking uh, little NRL segments on list changes, what the outlook is going yeah. to be, but you're going to tackle now for the NRL uh, Michael Carianis, you're going to tackle a player under pressure from each club. We're going to do two clubs today. You're going mm. to start off with the Raiders. Raiders and the Sharks. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's look at that. And look, these aren't the most obvious players, right? Because obviously, you know, you could sit there and, and look at you know the highest profile player from each club and say they're the ones most under pressure, right? So yep. in, in some cases, they may be like that. But I'm trying to just take a, a little bit of a different look based on you know, what that side needs for that player to, to push yep. uh, as a top eight, top four side and what their performance was like last year. So, you know, players that need to improve or rebound or back up a really good year, whatever the case may be. So I've gone for two middles here with, with each okay. side, both at differing points of their career. So at the Raiders, I'm going to go Josh Papalihi. Okay, interesting. Firstly, because one of my favorite players over the last – decade or you know Josh Papley really really good player he was poor last year um didn't make origin I know he retired but he was politely retired told that you're not going to be picked for for Queensland yeah um he's at the age of he's 31 now um heading you know there's a mutual option for for his deal for for 2025 and he's on big money he's on marquee money for um you know to be one of the most dominant props in the game and you know his combination with Joe Tarp, and he made them the best one-two punch in the competition for a while. Fisher Harris and Moses Liotta have gone past them. Yeah. Um, and, and I think if Canberra are going to have any success again, then Josh Papali needs to find that tackle breaks that he had 
uh, over the last couple of years. Last year, um, he had just 39. The year before, he had 81. So that just shows the the lack of impact that he's now having in games. Yeah. Um, he looks a little bit slower. He's just not having the same impetus that we've seen of him uh, of late. We've we've seen glimpses of it, but you know, I just feel like um, for for Canberra to I don't have Canberra in my top eight, but for for Canberra to be a force again, they're built on that really strong forward pack. Um, and you know, Hudson Young and Tarpany and the, and those sort of players, Corey Horsburgh. Yeah, you know, they've all gone past Papali. He was a revelation last year, wasn't he? But look at you coming with stats. You're not of, just coming with an opinion. No, a bit of prep. Is a it's fair, good from you. Fair bit of prep, yeah. That goes into it. And the other one at Cronulla is Toby Rudolph. Okay. Obviously not their best player. Okay, yep. you could easily slot Nico Hines here. Okay. Yeah. But for mine, at 27 years of age now, this is when a guy um, like Rudolph has to make the transition from being a decent first grader to becoming an elite player. Because, you know, he, he's been around first grade enough now. He's played enough games. He's 27. He's on a decent contract. Um, and the criticism of Cronulla, and it's easily shown by their recent purchase of Adam Fenua Blake, is the fact that their forward pack's two same-same. Yeah. And that's my that's been my criticism over the last two years of, of Cronulla's forward pack. That no one in there, well, very few people in there, are, are giving them a, that punch to create something to create a point of difference, to allow Nico Hines to play off the back of Blake Braley, who's a really good attack and hooker to play off the back of it. But, and then... Since yeah. since the Andrew Fafita days, yeah. it's been very, you know, great first graders, reliable middle forwards. But yep. Fanua Blake is like a genuine bend back the line, Correct. offload threat, can play huge minutes and have the same impact for a whole game yep. type of guy, isn't he? Yeah. And I don't see anyone else in that Cronulla side replicating it. I think Hamnuelli has shown that he can do it for shorter stints. Royce Hunt for shorter stints. Rudolph plays more, should be able to play more minutes than those guys in, in the middle of the field. And he's big, he's rangy. I, I like the fact that, um, you know, he, he's got a bit of character about him, but he's got to transition that, um, put all that together and, and find some consistency for a longer period and assert himself as the, the forward leader of that Cronulla forward pack. Yeah, it's a good point. So we've tackled the Raiders and the Sharks there. You could pick out other players, as you For said. Sure. But those ones are actually really interesting because it, they often fly under the radar of headlines, mm. stories, talking points pre-game. Yeah. But Papali, or Papali'i, as you said, is a guy that's actually been the headline maker mm. at times at his best. So can he get back there? Because the Raiders, they really need it, don't they? They need it. Oh, they need it. They, if their forwards get overpowered, you know, their halves aren't going to win in many games. Um, you know, there's just, and their back line, they're not settled at fullback. They're still, they're not settled at six. They're dummy half. Yeah, Jack White and gone. You know, there's, mm. there's a lot of holes to pick in that Canberra lineup. Where there's no holes to pick is their forward pack. Yeah. And that's where he needs to join Joe Tarpany and just try and, and, and bring that element that we know we've seen him do it for the last couple of years, but last year was a down year for him. Where Toby Rudolph, we haven't seen it. Yeah. Right. He's got to get to Josh Papalihi's level. Yeah. And if he can do that, he'll drag that Cronulla forward pack with him. And I think if anyone's going to do it at that forward pack, it's going to be Rudolph. Yeah. Oh, seriously. If they can do that, and Fanua Blake has the impact that he can have, the their backs and their skill and Nico Hines and the likes, if they have time mm. and they're always playing on the front foot, that is a dangerous team. Dangerous team. Blake Braley, we get to see the best of Blake Braley, which we probably haven't seen because he's played behind a forward pack that hasn't bruised anyone. Yeah. Reliable, 
solid, but solid, not, not damaging. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. Players under pressure at their club, starting with the Raiders and the Sharks. MC all over it, as always. It is SEN Summer Brekkie, Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers in the NBA yesterday. Uh, MC, are you an NBA fan? Not really. Not particularly. Well, you no hesitation, shake of the head there, uh, for those of you listening. Uh, I'm a massive Timberwolves fan. Is there a so sport you don't like? Lo- uh, yeah, there's plenty. Let's not out them Let's now. Out. Let's I can out all mine. I'll tell you the ones I do like. Uh, I mean, talking about Eddie Jones for months really <laughs> bored me. You pick up from that what you want. Um, the Charlotte Hornets v the Timberwolves yesterday. Timberwolves long suffer. I'm a long suffering Timberwolves fan. There's not been a great deal of success in my years following them or in the franchise's history. Really, they're actually top of the standings at the moment, but they lost to the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. But amongst that game, Carl Anthony Towns, 62 points. He shot 21 from 35 from the field, but a record-breaking 41 first-half points. Now, listen to this. This is Charlotte Hornets commentator Eric Collins calling the first-half action in suitably biased fashion. 38. No! Oh! Are you kidding? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, uh, that sounds like Doug Bollinger yes. calling Stephen O'Keefe. That, that had to be a Minnesota Timberwolves commentator uh, at the ground. But uh, look, the, the point that I was making yesterday about the NBA, we had Joel Embiid scoring a gazillion points, Carl Anthony Towns scoring a gazillion points. Towns scores 60 plus, the Timberwolves lost. Mm. I'm a fan of that team, but just generally speaking, would you, would you want to see the record-breaking, highlight-making stars of the game do really well? Or, from my personal opinion, where I'm going with this, I'd rather him score 18 points, play much better on defense, and win. Oh, it's all it's all about winning. <laughs> what do you, like, as a fan, you don't care about individual accolades. Yeah. Okay. And players shouldn't either. You know, you, they're a bonus, right? I think for a player as well. But if, if you're a fan and you're, you're watching... Yeah. You know, your player, you know, in rugby league's terms, become the highest point scorer or play most games or whatever the case may be. Great. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. How many premierships have you won for me? Yeah, exactly right. And when players retire, that's inevitably how they're reflected on. Um, a little bit of legacy, how they carry themselves yeah, in the no locker doubt. room, things like that. But And that's uh, not to downplay achievements, right? Yeah. Achievements are a natural part of sport and should yeah. be celebrated. But as a fan, you want your side to win. Yeah. Uh, Josh Brown in the Big Bash the other night, 140 runs from 57 balls. And, you know, he obviously hit 12 sixes. Uh, on the back of it, Craig Simmons, who's got the record for the fastest century, um, I think he jumped on at the point where he got to his 100, where he, uh, it was around about three balls short of mm. breaking the record. He said something along the lines, not, this is not quote, but yep. it was along the lines of, yeah, nice striking young man. One day you might get there if you beef up a little bit. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff I love. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a record holder, you know it's going to be broken at some point. But do you want people? To, would you like people to break them. your records? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have any, so I don't have anything to stand on there. If I did have a record, I'd be happy for it to be broken. I'd also take the Mickey a bit out of them. Uh, speaking of taking the Mickey, mm. we've been talking about 
podcast this morning, uh, Matt Burton calling the earth flat, or at least being, <laughs> being put on confused. the spot and being confused. And being confused around yeah. if the earth's flat uh, or not. You've been talking about NRL players under pressure. Uh, we have another NRL player in the headlines, um, and a headline of different fashion. Kalen Ponga appeared on Play School okay. uh, during a story time segment reading The Speedy Sloth. He becomes the first NRL player to appear on the ABC Children's Program. Let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Kalen, and these are my friends, Big Ted, Little Ted, and Morris. Have you Ted's been working out? Look at these shiny medals. The book is called The Speedy Sloth. Not so sure how speedy she is, though. Sloths aren't usually very fast animals, are they? Do you like running, like the Ted's? Or maybe like playing rugby league, like me. It's by from Big Ted, Little Ted, and Morris, and it's by from me. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of that? Oh, it's cute. Well, what did we have? A few South players um, joining the Wiggles as well. Pre-Christmas was Alex Johnson, Damian Cook, and Tom Burgess, I think. Yeah. We're getting into the Wiggles action. I think it's great for the game. So good. You know, you you get you build an awareness and, you know, a lot of kids wouldn't know who Caelan was, really. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? It, for someone that clearly it, he is not your first up media presenter type yeah. guy, he's out of his comfort zone there, mm. no doubt. Maybe audio fashion doesn't necessarily do justice yeah. the presentation of that. But I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I I love seeing the real side of athletes. That's all I – you know, when I'm watching – Kalen Ponga play football. He looks like this world beater, untackleable guy that is just not human. Mm. Then we see the human side, and it becomes this holistic picture. Yeah. I think it's great. No, I think I think it's good. It's good for the the game. And the first time an NRL player has appeared on Play School. Yeah, Play School's Record been going for hundred years. Record breaker. There you go. <laughs> can, uh, I'm sure Knights fans are pumped. Yeah, never exactly. want to comp. Uh, but yay, he was on play school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he's also scoring lots of tries yeah. this coming year. Uh, 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. 1300 01 1170 is the open line number. Uh, we've had plenty of texts coming in this morning, MC. Do you want to run through a few of those? Yep. The craziest stat about Josh Papalihi is that he's only 31 years old. Looks like he's about to go in on 40. Ben <laughs> from the pond. Ben, send a photo in of yourself. Um, morning, Copes and MC. MC, with all the uh, with the All-Stars match only three weeks away, can you ever see the NRL 9s during preseason making a reappearance? Cheers, Jace. Don't think so. It's hard because they've prioritized international footy at the end of the season now. Um, so with an international footy window, it makes it very, very difficult to have your top flight. Not, a lot of clubs didn't pick full-strength sides anyway. Maybe we could see the nines take shape in terms of an emerging nines and under-23s nines, a, a different concept potentially. Mm. Um, but to have a fully-fledged preseason tournament like that, it's hard. It's a shame because it was entertaining. It was a cool way to start the year, but there's just so much footy now. It is ridiculous. And... Yeah, I just I just can't see how they're going to do it. There was the international nines, which they hope to revive at, at some stage and try and push that in the next couple of years. Maybe that's where we get a taste of the nines. But, I, yeah, I can't see it, Jace, unfortunately. Yeah, it was an interesting concept. But no matter what you put at that time of year, you're going to get players not playing 
or at least if they are playing, there'll be some that are ticking a box to make sure that they're fit and ready come yeah. the actual business end of the season. It was cool, though, because we had um, a, a chance to see some of the old school players play. Brad Fittler played. Um, Steve Menzies played, I think. There was a few others that sort of ran around at, at times as well, which were which was cool to see. Yeah. that's And ultimately, the, the new things that we're wanting to do in sport, new inventions, new innovations, it, it's all there for us to try and tackle, but uh, an interesting one uh, in the NRL, no doubt. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, MC, it's been a great morning here talking all the biggest topics in sport on Summer Brekkie on SEN. And don't forget that SEN will have live coverage tonight of the Big Bash final between the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat live from the SCG. Matty White and Doug Bollinger will be there in commentary SEN's coverage will begin from 7pm on 11.70am in Sydney and, of course, on the SEN app. Matty White is coming up next on mornings out of 9 o'clock. Amongst his guests today will be SEN cricket commentator Bharat Sundarayson with all the news from the Gabba and, I'm sure, all the other big topics in cricket as well. Pam Whaley will be on the show. MC, what else are you doing today? You leave here your first job of the day, mm. what's next? Well, no work today. I, I start right. back full-time next week, so I'm just going to chill. Little one's in daycare, so a little bit of wow. tight-in, boring stuff. What about you? Foot massage. You... <laughs> yeah, I'll ask Long the wife, lunch. see how it go. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? Uh, the day job with Cricket New South Wales, and then off to Brizzy for the test match. So, busy. yes, my wife is off to work this morning. Kids are at kindy, so... Yeah, it, it should be a great day. Over 31 degrees in Sydney, so mm. it's it's time to get out of the house. Yeah. Maybe I should, you know, talking of fitness tips, maybe I should go and do something with I'll my life. I'll have some water for do you. Do a run. <laughs> Thanks for your contributions today. Simon from Belmore gets a Signet Boost Power Bank for having his say on the open line. It will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. And the Western Sydney Eagle is off to Top Fuel Drag Racing Championships at Sydney Dragway this Friday and Saturday. You can get your tickets now. It's been a great morning this morning on Summer Brecky. Thank you, MC, and thank you for listening.